0: entrepreneur on fire bonus september's income report what are you waiting for tickets to a rocket ship well here you go and hang on tight as john lee dumas is about to take you on a wild ride ignite Hey, hey, Nick Unsworth here, and I'm hosting the Life on Fire Virtual Summit where your fave entrepreneur, John Lee Dumas, along with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Adam Braun from Pencils of Promise, Tony Shea from Zappos, and many others will be teaching you how to set your business and life on fire. You don't want to miss this live virtual event. Register right now for free by going to freevirtualsummit.com and prepare
1: to ignite.
0: What is happening, Fire Nation? We are back, John, Josh, and Kate for another income report. This month, September 2014, quite a month for a number of reasons. Gross income, $241,492. Our expenses, incredibly high. We're going to get into that, $64K. But our total net profit for September was $176,964. Not bad for a month we spent 20 days out of state, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, Josh, Kate, say what's up to Fire Nation.
2: What's up, Fire Nation? What's
0: going on, Fire Nation? Rock and roll. So, Fire Nation, my team's back. We are here. We're going to chat about a lot of cool things that went down in September. But the first thing we're going to talk about is on September 11th. I flew cross-country. I went to a thing called Camp GLP, Good Life Project. Jonathan Fields through this great event where 250 entrepreneurs descended upon a summer camp in the middle of September in upstate New York. And for three and a half days, we did all things entrepreneurship. I gave the opening talk on the Friday night all about podcasting, and then the following days were all about different entrepreneurship venues, talks, chats, ideas, and it was just an incredible event overall, and I just have to give a big shout out to Jonathan Fields and his whole team for that. I know a lot of lives were changed. I know a lot of businesses were both verified and aha moments were had during that weekend, so Overall, it was a great thing and then I jumped in my little rental car and drove five hours north for two weeks in the great state of Maine, which I lovingly refer to as the way life should be, to spend some time with some friends, some family, a couple speaking engagements, and, Kid, I actually want to bring you in right here because uh, this is where you joined me. You flew from San Diego to Maine mid September. Like, uh, what was it like coming back to Maine after having lived there for almost two years?
2: Yeah, it's crazy how fast time flies because. It seems like such a long time ago that we were living there, but being back in Maine, flying into Portland Jetport, driving into the Old Port, I mean, it's like we were there yesterday. We were walking by our old place, you know, spending time down on the wharf, having amazing lunch right on the water there. And it's kind of like we never left.
0: <laughs> it's so true. And I will say, having grown up there, like it was definitely a homecoming. I had a blast hanging out with family, and there was a really cool event that happens in Maine that's thrown by Rich Brooks of Agents of Change every single September. And we had a blast doing it. But what was really cool this year is that it felt like it was a reunion of entrepreneurs as well. Because we get to Maine, we go out to lunch with my mother and my aunt and Kate and we were having a great time. And then I started getting messages and texts and phone calls as people were landing from all over the country for this event it was keynoted by Pat Flynn Chris Ducker was on stage Greg Hickman, Nick Unsworth Rick Mulready, I mean the list goes on of these great entrepreneurs that came descended upon my state my city Maine for this great conference and we just had a blast, I mean Kate let's talk about Agents of Change for a second because it was a unique conference for a number of reasons, number one was the reality that it was a one-track conference. So there was no breakout sessions. You were there in the audience watching the entrepreneur speaking on stage. There was no distractions. There was no no sense of I'm missing something because something else is going on. How did you feel overall, Kate, about the conference agents of change? And you know, what are maybe some things you got out of it?
2: Well, I thought the conference overall was a blast. I mean, there was a lot of great people there. It was really fun to be surrounded by, you know, as an audience member, I'm not only hanging out with people that I used to work with at the advertising and marketing agency that I was at when I was in Portland, which was really cool to kind of have that, like you said, John, little mini reunion with them. But I was also hanging out with people that that are a part of Fire Nation. I was hanging out with some of our elites. I was hanging out with some people in Podcasters Paradise. I was hanging out with people that I've met at other conferences throughout the year. So it was just a really cool feeling to be in the audience. But of course, I feel so blessed and lucky to be so close close with all the speakers that I was also kind of able to hang out with you guys. You know, I weaseled my way into the speaker's dinner the night before, (laughs) which was a blast. Um, So, you know, it was a really... I guess, all inclusive experience for me. Um, I love seeing both sides of it. And, you know, being a member of the audience on a one track like that, I think Rich Brooks and his team did such an amazing job. I can't even imagine all the planning and coordination that goes into, you know, when you have multiple tracks, of course, there's tons of stuff involved. But I think even more so having a single track and really paying attention to how you're going to keep people engaged throughout the day, you know, the order of the presentations, how long the presentations are, what your transition between the presentations is, all of that becomes so much more important on a single track, because you need to make sure that you keep people there. I mean, that's the point, right? So, um, you know, lots of great takeaways. A couple of the presentations I've seen at other conferences, and they were just as awesome as they were the first time I saw them. I really enjoyed um, watching Nate. Nathan- Nathan Lotka on stage of Heyo. He has like such an amazing stage presence. It was so much fun to watch him because he's just like up there going a million miles a minute. You know, he really (laughs) kept the energy high. And, um, you know, of course, John, I think you did an amazing job on stage talking about your number one avatar. I love that. Um, So, I mean, overall, the day was just really great. I feel like everybody brought a ton of value to the table. And I really loved watching Stephanie and Uh, Cynthia talk on LinkedIn and Pinterest. I think those are two platforms that kind of easily get shoved to the back end because everybody's, you know, really into Facebook, really into Twitter. Um, So I really enjoyed hearing them talk about two platforms that I think can be really powerful for a lot of people's businesses and that don't really get a ton of love at conferences.
0: Overall, Fire Nation, a great conference. And let's be honest, the fun was had even more so post-conference at Brian Brews, which is a great little bar slash restaurant right down the street from USM, University of Southern Maine, where we were able to kind of unwind after the conference with all of the attendees, all of the speakers. And I'll tell you, I had some great chats with the attendees there. And, And a lot of the attendees actually have emailed me since and been like, John, the conference was amazing. But the fact, That I got to have a drink with you afterwards and like kind of ask you a couple questions or just even have a normal conversation was so powerful. Like that made my trip worthwhile. And that's kind of one thing I want to get through to the listeners here is yeah, Fire Nation, like you can virtually log into events, like you can watch events online, live streaming, and get a lot of the quote unquote content that comes out of there from the Pinterest and the LinkedIn and all those other platforms that Kay's talking about. But you can't replace that one-on-one engagement, that interaction, that connection that you can actually build with people in person. And Kate, it was so cool. And I'm actually going to pull someone's name out right now. Nemo, he's been a great Fire Nation Elite member for quite some time. You know, we always see him just crushing our Facebook group within Fire Nation Elite and doing really cool things online. But he's always just been an avatar. Like, Getting to see and meet him in person and to just feel his presence and his vibe was so cool. And, you know, now I consider Nemo a friend. And next time I'm going to be in New York City, like I will be reaching out to Nemo and saying, Hey, Nemo, let's hang out, buddy. And that's the kind of relationships that you build in person at conferences. Kate, did you get any of those vibes when you were at Agents to Change?
2: My goal for the rest of 2014 is to get Nemo to move to San Diego. Like, (laughs) I absolutely loved hanging out with him. He has such an amazing energy about him. And he's such a giving and incredible person. You know, like you said, John, we've talked with him a ton online, but it was so, so cool and so special to spend time with him in person. And, you know, I feel that way about so many people that I hung out with over those, you know, I guess over that entire day. But, you know, the night before we got to hang out with some people, but like meeting Kate Northrup, I mean, she's always just been like you said, an avatar to me. And, you know, I love what she does. It was really awesome to meet her in person and actually build an in-person relationship with her. Alyssa Doucette. I mean, I've been following her for, since I came online and to be able to hang out with her and you know just kick back and talk shop and then talk personal stuff it was it's really really cool like you said you can log in online and that's great because you're going to get great content but you know half maybe even more than half of it I don't know I guess that's debatable is the relationships that you're able to build in person
0: Fire Nation, invest in yourself, invest in relationships, find some conferences that you just know look good, make it happen, go there, and then just be social. It's incredible. And Kate, as I'm kind of scrolling down here through the income report, I'm seeing some great pictures that you've uploaded here, and we just had a blast throughout this entire month of September. But there's a couple incredibly cute ones, you know, one with myself and my three-and-a-half-year-old niece, Casey, sharing a granola bar, then another one of us feeding a goat. I mean, Fire Nation, this is what it's all about. This is about building a lifestyle, building a business where you can just go home for two weeks, and you can have work, but you can also spend time with family and loved ones and get out there. And being able to see my nephew for the first time, William the Conqueror, we call him. You know, he's four months Uh old now, and he's such a great little guy. And my three-and-a-half-year-old niece, Casey, and just getting to spend time with her And build that relationship even more is is so important. And, you know, then being able to come back to San Diego was incredible because, you know, this is where Kate and I have established our life, our business at this point. But, you know, having that flexibility to, to go home and to visit family and friends is so absolutely huge. And what's pretty crazy when I started thinking about this, Kate, is that Entrepreneur on Fire during our vacation turned two years old. And I can so quickly remember. When we were turning one years old, and I remember this cupcake that you brought me, there's a great picture of you, you know, this one candle in the cupcake. And I'm like, man, I can't believe that Entrepreneur Fire like, has been going for a year. And now, just like a snap of the fingers, it's been two years. So let's talk about our anniversary for a second, Kate. Share with us some things you know about turning two that have been really memorable for you.
2: I mean, I think it's really special that Agents of Change is in September. We're always back in Maine. We're always with your family. Um, And I think it's really cool to share that experience with them because they're not really around it all the time like we are. You know, neither of our families are really. But I think it's really neat and really special that we get to share that with your family because it kind of gives them a more intimate glimpse into our life and, you know, what we do on a daily basis to make this business what it is and so I think it's really cool that we get to celebrate that Um, you know we have both years with your family and that's been really special you know something that you didn't mention before is it that I thought was so cool is that like your sister got to come meet us at Brian Beru's after the conference and like that was just so cool to share that with Marcy and you know to have Justin there Justin was there all day your brother-in-law and you know that's the type of stuff that I think is just really really cool that we're able to share that type of stuff with your family. So, you know, turning to was incredible. I've, you know, haven't been on the Entrepreneur on Fire team the entire time, but I kind of feel like in a lot of ways I have been just because I was there in the very beginning when you first launched Entrepreneur on Fire. And yeah, it's just, it's insane to see how much has happened since day one and like you said the two years has flown by (laughs) if you guys um, check out the post we actually linked to our Entrepreneur on Fire journey infographic that was created for us um, by Aaron Fifield. And that's really cool because he kind of helped us document some of our, you know, uh, milestone moments, I guess you could say. So it's a really cool infographic. Very well done. Um, You guys should check it out. It's pretty cool to look back on our journey and, and see it laid out that way.
0: No, absolutely. And Fire Nation, to wrap up the main part of the trip, I mean, Kate just brought up this great moment that I had. And that was being at Brian Baru's, talking to some great attendees, and then having Marcy come up and be like, hey, John, what's going on? Like giving her a hug and like introducing her to some people. And then me, me being like, oh, by the way, over in that corner is Pat Flynn. He's, you know, he's talking to somebody right now. She's like, oh, that's Pat Flynn. I've been hearing about him for years. And boom, she made a beeline for him. And I'm telling you, she must have cornered him for the next 25 to 30 (laughs) minutes and just had this conversation about who knows what. But Marcy is a social butterfly and uh, she definitely had Pat Flynn's attention for a very long time. And what was great is, you know, Marcy doesn't really live in this world. You know, she doesn't really understand maybe a ton of what we do as far as the reach that we have in the entrepreneurship world in general. But she definitely knows the name Pat Flynn and she definitely wanted to have a conversation with him. And I just kind of wonder, you know, a little question mark is like when Marcy was talking to Pat, I'm like, does she like really understand like how many people would spend thousands and thousands of dollars to like just swap places with her for these 30 minutes? And it was just really cool to look over and see my sister just yapping away like Pat is just some guy and he is, you know, he's so approachable. He's so cool. But I mean, wasn't that a cool moment?
2: Super cool. And I love that Marcy's just like, no fear. She's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Paplin. What?
0: <laughs> so, wrapping up Maine, great trip, the way life should be, vacation land, all of those things for a specific reason. But let's be honest with you Fire Nation, we kept our business going during those 20 days that I was out of state and Kay was out of state for 50 days. Sorry, 15 days. And, you know, a lot of things were happening in our business during that time. And we weren't 100% turned on. We were 30, maybe 40% turned on. I mean, you know, we would be keeping up to date with emails and we did some webinars while we were out there. But the beautiful thing is, we were able to be only kind of turned on to our business and the revenue in September was still $246,000. And one reason and one success that we've had in September that I want to hand over to you, Kate, right now to have you kind of chat about a little bit is our SMS mobile campaigns. You know, Fire Nation, we've been doing a webinar every single week in 2014 for the podcast workshop. We've been doing two webinars every single month for Webinar on Fire, and we've continuously added and tweaked and improved all of our systems. But within the last month or two, we've added an SMS mobile campaign part to that that has really been getting some phenomenal feedback, has absolutely increased conversions. And Kate, Kind of explain to people what exactly an SMS mobile campaign is, how we implement it, and some results that we've been having.
2: Yeah, for sure. So we touched on this a little bit last month. Um, we were lucky enough to be introduced to a company called Call Loop um, through one of our webinar on fire members, Susan McIntyre. And she kind of introduced us to this company, gave us a rundown of what exactly they do. And so we got hooked up with Call Loop. Um, Greg Hickman of Mobile Mixed help us, you know, get this all set up. So basically, what it is is we have a text to register option. Maybe you've heard it on the podcast before. John will say text the word paradise to 38470 if you want to register for the podcast workshop, which I think is like so incredible for podcasts because people are in their car, they're on their runs, they're, you know, not necessarily in front of a computer. So to tell somebody to go to podcastersparadise.com to claim their spot is a lot less likely to happen than if you just give them a number that they can text into and automatically be registered. So we kind of thought that that was just going to be like, you know, the cat's meow. and. We, um we've been testing that along with thank you pages. So if somebody signs up through podcastersparadise.com, they get directed to a thank you page where they then also have the option to register for our mobile campaign and get those SMS text reminders.
0: The cat's meow, Kate. I almost want to throw in a little, uh, voice over there of a little meow, but. (laughs) Oh, we've got to find one. (laughs) I definitely will. I I think it'll already have happened because of course I'll go back and put this in. But there's a lot of things that I do really want to talk about here. Number one. Kate and I have had kind of a back and forth, like how do we actually share that number 38470? And I was always like, we got to batch it up, 38470. Kate's like, no way, 38470, that's the way to do it. And Kate, I don't know if it just slipped, what it was, but you just used 38470.
2: Well, I did it because I was telling people the, the way that you do it. <laughs> if I was saying it, I kind of think that, like for me, I try to find a melody, like three, eight, four, seven, zero. <laughs> and and <laughs> and that's how I would... <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: Oh, Lord. Um, We're kind of getting well, off track here. So yeah. let's kind of pull it back here and just talk about maybe some results that we have. Like I'm looking at this income report. And, um, it says some of our webinars have seen a 25% increase in show up rates thanks to SMS mobile. So, you know, what I'm kind of getting out of this, Kate, is that, I mean, listen, people are attached to their mobile phones and the fact that their mobile phones are going off and actually having a, call from me 30 minutes before. So Fire Nation, how this looks, if you actually sign up for these reminders, your phone's going to ring 30 minutes before the actual webinar starts. You pick up and you say hello, which you know is what most people say. I start talking. I'm like, hey, what's up? John Lee Dumas here. Just giving you a quick reminder that the webinar starts in 30 minutes. I'm going to shoot you a text in 15 minutes. Looking forward to seeing you there. And then at the 15 minute point, Kate, they get a text message from me with a link they can click in their smartphone that actually will bring them to the the webinar, to the, to the chat room. To, and I mean, it's just, it's really cool. Fire Nation, just always be thinking your businesses, you know, how can I make the life easier for my listener, for my client, for my avatar, for whatever that might be. And in my opinion... Phew, I mean, this is what SMS reminders do. And so Kay, let's kind of wrap this up. Like what are your kind of thoughts about the SMS world overall and uh and what we have planned in the future?
2: Number one, I think it's a great tool to increase your show up rates. I think a lot of people struggle with that when they're doing webinars. So I think that this is really a great tool for that. I also will say that we found from our particular case, that text to register participants were talking like maybe 2% of our overall signups are coming from that actual text to register. So is that super valuable for us right now at this point? it's not really 2% isn't very many. I mean, it's still 2%. But where we're really seeing great conversions from the SMS is on the thank you page, because we have upwards of a 50% opt in rate for SMS messaging from those thank you pages. So that's really where it's been super valuable for us. And like you said, john, I do believe that this has definitely contributed, like you said, up to 25% increase in show up rates. And that certainly has an overall effect on our purchases on webinars. So I think it's great you can uh, find some links to the stuff we've been talking about on SMS mobile campaigns if you head over to the income report
0: Boom, Fire Nation. You heard it from the great Kate herself. And we're going to close that door now. We're going to open up another one. And this door has uh, another teammate, another on-fire entrepreneur, Josh Bowerly, who is our accountant, who really keeps us on track, who keeps the wheels on, so to speak, on the entrepreneur on fire engine as we move forward. And he has some cool things to share with us today. He's going to talk about renting your house to your business and this is really important for Nation, because a lot of you listening right now are like me. You use your house to work out of. You are home-based entrepreneurs or even if you're not, some of your time is spent working, checking emails, taking phone calls while you're in your home and if you're going to be doing that, there's some great tax advantages and benefits that you can be taking advantage of as well. And Josh is going to talk about this. And Josh, you're going to be talking a little bit about rebranding of a business because I'm excited the direction that you're taking, my friends. So take it away.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about this month's <laughs> tip first of all. It's uh it's it's kind of an advanced one, you know. Everyone everyone always says, "Give me that advanced tax tip. I know the basics." Well, if you want an advanced one, that's tune in today. Here we go. So most of you, if you have a successful business, chances are you're hosting some kind of event once in a while, right? Whether it's bringing clients together, whether it's uh, you have a board of directors that you meet with quarterly, or your employees, you, know, you meet with them once in a while. And you're probably having it in some kind of conference room or a hotel, something like that. A great way to save on your taxes is to rent out that event to your own house, right? So what you need to do is have the event at your house, Find out what the going rate is to, to rent a space like that and charge your business that amount and then have the pay, business pay you directly. Okay, so this sounds a little confusing on the surface. So let's use Entrepreneur on Fire as an example. love it. Okay, so you have Fire Nation Elite, right? Yes. And you have events where you bring them all together once in a while, right? Yes. So 2014, what we did was we had you hold the event at your place in San Diego, correct? Yep. And what happened was, Entrepreneur on Fire paid John Dumas and Kate Erickson the money that it would cost to rent your house. Okay, so you got you had all the Fire Nation elite members there. I believe you what, had a mag- magician there and everything. Yes, Josh you know,
0: London, made, he rocked it,
1: made it super entertaining. So, just another plug to join Fire Nation Elite, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is your business pays you that money and you write that amount off in your business. Now, John, I know what you're thinking because you're, get, you're becoming an advanced tax guy listening to these tips every month, right? <laughs>
0: every month.
1: So, you're thinking, well, if I have to pay myself that money, I have to claim it as income and it just washes out the benefits, right? Right. Not the case. <gasps> There's actually a loophole where if you rent your personal residence out for less than 15 days a month... You don't have to claim that money as income, okay? So you're hosting this event. Let's say you pay $2,000 to host an event at your house. The company pays you that money, so you keep the money. You get the write-off in the business, and you claim no income on your personal taxes,
0: Whenever Josh says loophole, Fire Nation, I listen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and make no mistake, there's very few of these and you want to be cautious with them. So that's what we're going to get into next. This isn't some uh, little trivial thing here where you're going to say, all right, let's just pretend I had this event and pay myself some (laughs) money, right? We want to be super by the book with this, okay? And as with all things with IRS, there's three rules. Documentation, 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 documentation. All right, so I want you to take some steps here to make sure you're documenting this. First, I want you to call around and find out what the going rate is to, to host an event like you're having. So let's say you are having a, you have a, a small 14 board of directors for your business. You're going to have them over to your house and you're going to rent it out. What I want you to do is call a couple hotels, a couple conference rooms, find out what their going rate is, take the average of that, and that's what you're going to charge yourself, okay? So no, uh, no $10,000 to rent your house out for two, for two hours or something. <laughs> Second of all, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna keep this by the books. You're going to actually document it, okay? So you're going to have a, some kind of contract or slip where you're going to say what you're charging, and then come year-end, your business is going to issue you a 1099 for this, all right? And third of all, you're just going to make sure that you're keeping all this paperwork all the time just in case anything happens. All right. So this is advanced stuff. This isn't something you just want to go out on your own and do. You want to talk to a CPA about this, your accountant, whoever it is. You want to make sure this is by the books. And it it depends on what type of entity you are, how you're going to handle this exactly and whether you're even able to do it. So don't just go out and do this. This is an awesome tip, but it's one that you want to be cautious with and you want to get the proper help for. So Josh,
0: obviously you're crushing it for Entrepreneur on Fire. I mean, we're generating a ton of revenue. And what I love is that I know that the revenue that I'm generating, I'm doing the right things with it. You know, I'm paying my taxes quarterly. I am paying every cent that I owe, but I'm not paying more than I owe. And you know, Fire Nation, taxes are a great thing because it helps this country run. And you can talk all day long about the inefficiencies of the government and it will always be the case. But the reality is, if you have a guy like Josh on your team, you can just be very comfortable and happy and just content knowing that you know what, you're doing the right things, but you're not taking any money out of your pockets that you could be putting back into your business or towards other things in your life that you don't need to be. So, you know, Josh, you're a really valuable part of Fire Nation, and I want to come here and thank you for that. And, and it kind of does lead us to something I'd like you to chat about real quick is that you've recently had a rebranding for a number of reasons. Can you talk about this rebranding a little bit, why you did it and uh, what the future looks like?
1: Yeah. So obviously, uh, being a part of the Entrepreneur on Fire team has been huge for my business. So also, thank you guys for letting me yeah. be a part of this. But uh, I, I think it all started in uh, when we were at World Domination Summit, and I was sitting by someone at, at one of the uh, one of the speakers' events, and we were talking. and He asked where I was staying, and I said, "I'm staying with uh, John and Kate from Entrepreneur on Fire." He's like, "Oh, how do you know them?" And I was like, I'm, <laughs> "I'm their CPA. If you read the income reports, I'm on there." He's like, "Shut up. Are you Josh, the CPA on Fire?" <laughs> so. From there, I was like, man, that's, that's kind of catchy. And yes. if people are, are actually knowing me by this, maybe I should take advantage. So I think I emailed you. I said, hey, what would you think about me using CPI on Fire as, as a branding tool for me? And, and said, I said,
0: I think it would be awesome. Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> yep, so uh, we went from there. I got a logo designed, uh, got the new website done, and really excited. Officially CPI on Fire.
0: Now, I'm excited, Josh, because again, you know, you're a great part of the team. You know, you're a friend to myself, to Kate, and to now many of my friends, entrepreneurs that were at World Domination Summit and beyond. And hey, there's nothing wrong with JDB Business Solutions. I mean, it's very professional. It makes sense. I mean, you know, that sounds like an accounting firm, but the reality is Fire Nation, when you're thinking about branding, about just being your business, and you have an opportunity like Josh had to say, you know what, people are already kind of thinking of me in this way. Like, why not just take it to the nth degree? So Josh, what's your new website? What's your new email address? Like, I want people to be able to check out exactly how you've rebranded.
1: Yeah, so no more of the confusing uh, JDB stuff. We have cpaonfire.com, and the email is josh at CPA on fire.
0: Awesome. So Fire Nation, there you have it. It's it's never really a bad time or wrong to be rebranding to moving your business forward. I mean, Josh, you know, is in his low 30s. I mean, he has a long career ahead of him. I mean, this branding is going to do him well for the rest of his career. And Josh, you have any kind of final tips or maybe just like one kind of final piece of farewell for Fire Nation for this month on The Income Report?
1: Just one more note on the branding thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with having kind of two separate brands for two different audiences. So I still have older clients who like the sound of JDB Business Solutions, right? Some of the brick and mortar businesses. But most of my clients are online and they like the, uh, the young, uh, hip sounding CPA on fire. <laughs> so I, I keep JDB Business Solutions. I do a doing business as CPA on fire and I can hit both of those markets.
0: Totally great advice, Josh. Thank you for coming on, for sharing a wealth of knowledge. We're taking a little more advance this month. And of course, I have no doubt that October's tax tip is going to be a blast as well. So Fire Nation, we're going to talk a little bit about the September income report right now as far as the details on the income. We're going to end with what Kate considers a hell yeah, so stick around for that. Um, So let me just kind of dive in to the 2014 September income breakdown. So our product and service income overall for September of 2014 was $220,000. $574. $574. That's product and service income. Of that, Podcaster's Paradise was $132,390. So again, it's our flagship product, it's where we thrive, it's what we're known for that continues to be the major money maker for Entrepreneur on Fire. Webinar on Fire had another strong month. If you want to learn how to create and present a webinar that converts, Webinar on Fire is for you and that generated over $11,000 in the month of September. Um, let me scroll on down here. Our sponsorship income was $62,167. And what's really cool, Fire Nation, as you're seeing our download numbers increase, our listenership increase, you're also seeing our sponsorship income increase because it is directly proportional to that. Fire Nation elites Masterminds brought in $11,417. You know, that's our Elite mastermind of now 75 Fire Nation elite members where we get together every single year for that great event that Josh talked about. And of course, we get together almost every single day online in the, in the form of Facebook groups and Hangouts to really take our businesses to the next level. So those are really the highlights from our product and service income. You can get all the details at com slash income13. But what we really blew out of the water in September, and this is what's so huge about the fact that we were gone for almost 75% of the month of September and we still generated this income partially because we set up some great passive income streams and our affiliate income was just a shade under $21,000 for the month of September alone. We generated $2,800 for Bluehost, $1,000 for lead pages, $1,700 for Audible, we did two thousand two hundred and thirty for Jeff Walker's product launch. We did twenty six seventy three for Nick Unsworth's Life on Fire event. We did seven thousand six hundred dollars for Ramit Sety in his I Will Teach You to Be Rich and other products and services that he offers. So unbelievable affiliate income for us. I think it's actually double what we've ever done before, our highest, because we, again, are just building the right relationships and we're delivering the right value. But let's get down to the Red fire nation of business expenses sixty two thousand seven hundred and forty two dollars not a little bit. we list out everything that we spent money on and we invested in and you know were our expenses for September two thousand and fourteen and I'm not going to just read down them because there's just a lot that adds up to sixty four sixty two thousand dollars but you know basically you can check it all out at eofire.com com slash income thirteen to see what we deem as worthy expenses, what we spend money on to run our businesses. And this can be a really great tool for you to use as you are growing your businesses. But so overall, we're still running an incredibly high profit margin business. September 2014's net profit was $176,964. Not bad for spending 20 days out of state, with family, at conferences, hanging out. So we're happy, but we're also looking towards October to, uh, to bring that up to the next level. And Kate, I want to talk now about a lesson that we learned in September, which has really been a theme for you and I. You know, as we sit down at the end of every day and we're having dinner together and we're kind of wrapping up our day, and we're having our conversations, you know, we're always coming back to, man, we need to take control of our lives. We need to take control of our calendar because our time is so precious. There's so many things we wanna do and if we don't take control of our calendar, we're not gonna be able to do any of these things. So the lessons learned for September is, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no from the great entrepreneur, Derek Sivers. And Kate, you wrote a whole spiel about this. What does this mean to you and why did you end the income report with this?
2: Well, John, like you said, I think this was definitely our biggest lesson learned in September. And, you know, I think both of us have struggled a bit with competing priorities. We have so many incredible opportunities coming our way, and they're even getting bigger and bigger as our business grows. And, you know, there are even offers that I, I kind of feel like they're too good to be true. But I feel like we're learning more and more after spending like entire days looking at our calendars and how we're going to fit all of this in that, you know, we're, we've just been saying yes to way too much stuff. And it's so difficult because... I want to say yes to everything. John, you know me. I have a really hard time <laughs> saying no to people. And that's because I want to help. I want to be there for people. I want to be a part of this stuff. I want to take advantage of opportunities. I want to put myself in the right spot. And sometimes it's tough to decide which events, which opportunities, which offers. It's really tough to decide whether or not it's the right one. But you know what I love about this quote or this saying by Derek Sivers is that if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. And that really, I mean, immediately, I think scrapes about 50% of the things that I used to sit and say, Ooh, I'm really not sure what to do. Like, I they're not a hell yeah. They might be like a, yeah, that sounds really cool. But they're not like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. And it's just not sustainable to carry yourself for the time that we have, John, in saying yes to as many things that we say yes to. So I really feel like this month it caught up to us. Um, I think that you are feeling that as well with all the travel that you did. And, you know, it's not the first time that we felt this way. Of course, there are, you know, certain points in time where you're working on a lot of projects, they end up overlapping. And of course, you can get overwhelmed as an entrepreneur running your own business. But I feel like this month it was different just in the respect that it wasn't necessarily just a fleeting feeling of over being overwhelmed. Like I felt overwhelmed this entire month. And, you know, I think it was just time for us to really sit down. You and I sat down the other day and we had this talk, I think was right at the end of September, right when we got back from Maine. And I said, I want us to make a promise to each other that if we get Offered an opportunity, if we get asked to do something, that we really need to be serious about asking ourselves this question and saying, Is saying yes a bad thing? Well, no, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it can be if you say it too often. And so we really need to feel more comfortable with and okay with saying no, because saying no is not a bad thing. Saying no is empowering yourself to choose what's most important to you for your business and for your life. And John, like you said, in Maine, we had this amazing opportunity to spend a lot of really great time with your family. And you know that was because we said no to stuff. That's the only way that that was possible is because we said no to other things in order to allow ourselves to be in Maine and to be working at 30%, 40% so that we could spend time with your family. And I believe that's so, so important. So that's why I wanted to end with this big bang tip. I also, um, you know, talk a little bit about how you can decide whether or not it's a hell yeah or a no, because I, it, it is difficult. It's tough to decide. So if you guys want to check out the entire spiel that I give on this, because I could go on about it forever, <laughs> um, then you can check that out in the income report.
0: So Fire Nation, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it wasn't always that way for us. You know, This is where we're at now. When you first start your business, when you're first starting to get traction, momentum, build that flare, that flame, that fire, guess what? You're gonna to have to say yes to a lot of things. And I would say yes to everything when I first started. And if you're in that point in your business where you're looking to get traction, you should and will too. But look at it as a lever that is equally proportionate. So if you're saying yes, yes to 80% of things that are coming your way, and you're saying no to 20%, as your business grows, as your just popularity and your traction grows, that lever is going to go down on the say yes side and up on the no side to where we're at now, where it, is honestly 95% of the things that get asked to us we do and have to say no to going now and going forward and 5% are the things that we're just like hell yes we need to do this like next week Kate I'm going up to San Francisco to present that creative live in front of tens of thousands of people that's an opportunity that I said hell yes to because that's exciting that fires me up but there have been other opportunities I was asked to fly out to Shanghai two weeks ago all expenses paid to speak in front of a massive entrepreneurial audience. And I just said, I, I can't do it. I just know. And, you know, there are just things that you as an entrepreneur need to balance. And it's always going to be changing as your business is changing. So look at it like that lever. And Josh, last month, we did a little quick lesson learned and I'm putting you on the spot here. So maybe you have nothing and maybe this is going to bomb. But do you have a quick lesson learned like you did last month?
1: I do. And it uh, kind of relates to what you guys already talked about. Wow,
0: this is perfect.
1: Yeah. So it comes back into the, uh, the point of maximizing your time. And my lesson learned in September came when I hired my first employee in the business. Congrats! Yeah, thank you. So I'm like any other entrepreneur, right? It's a scary thing. You're wondering if you have the money to afford that, if it's going to work out. So I finally bit the bullet. I hired someone to come in and do bookkeeping for me. And we sold our first bookkeeping package in September. It was a $2,000 package. He got a $1,300 commission and I got $700 and didn't create any additional work for myself. Oh, <laughs> that feels great. It's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to start out that way where you're by yourself. But technically, when you're doing that, you're you're not really a business owner. You've just created a job for yourself. And that's still awesome. That's still great. But until you start realizing that income that you don't have to directly work for, it, you, you kind of have a ceiling on what you can earn. So, uh, I'm really pumped about that. I got a little more time on my hands to spend with the twins and my wife and uh, making more money.
0: See? That's awesome, Josh. That's what I love, Fire Nation. And that is awesome, Josh. And that's what you really need to look at your business at is that, you know, maybe it's not a hell yeah right now because you don't have the team in place. But if you look at something, you look at an opportunity and say, you know what, that would be a hell yeah, if I had a person that would be doing it and I would just be generating revenue because of it, then maybe it's time to start thinking, hey... I need to create that. And, you know, another great example that just builds off of that, Josh, is that I stopped one-on-one mentoring. I just don't have the bandwidth to continue to mentor people one-on-one. But I have, you know, a great recommendation that I use for anybody that reached out to me and says, John, I want to learn how to podcast. I need a one-on-one mentor like you have with Jamie Tardy. Instead of me taking that on and doing that every single month, I recommend them to a great mentor, and then I get a share of that revenue, and I just have sent that initial email out, so I'm still generating revenue, but I'm not at the same time having to spend all that time and bandwidth on that one-on-one relationship. So, Fire Nation, a lot of food for thought in this income report. We are, when we were over the 40-minute mark right now. So if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. I'm going to have Kate wrap this up at the end. So I just kind of threw that in there so Kate's wheels can start spinning right now. But basically, I want to thank you. Fire Nation for just joining us here today. We've had another phenomenal month of September. We're really excited for what October is going to bring. And to be honest with you has already brought, because I'm releasing this on October thirteenth, so the month is already half done when you're listening to this. But you know, just take this as food for thought. You know, take what we're doing right and try to emulate that. Take what we're doing wrong and try to avoid those pitholes and those mistakes. And and listen to what Josh is sharing with bringing on an employee and different tax tips and things that you can do that maybe work for your business. You know, look at it like you know piecemeal, where you are building like this Frankenstein of a monster piece by piece with things that make sense for you, and then just disregard things that don't. So. Thank you for joining us for this income report, Kate. I want you to close this down, button this up, put a bow and a ribbon in the hair, tie it tight. What do you got for us?
2: <laughs> well, I will say, John, I'm really glad that you talked about um, the differences between you know saying yes when you're very start very first starting your business and you know how that pendulum begins to swing as your business grows as your business becomes bigger. Um, I think that's really important to recognize. And, you know, it's already giving me a million ideas for lessons learned that we could talk about in October. One of which is making sacrifices. So I'm excited to talk about that in October. If making sacrifices is a struggle for you or you're not really sure how to appropriate that for you, your life, and your business, um, make sure you join us again in October um, for our October Income Report. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I really love doing these Income Report recordings because I think it's so cool. That myself, John, and Josh can all get on the line together, hang out with you. It's a beautiful Saturday morning right now for us. Um, you know, I look forward to this releasing and thank you guys for tuning in.
0: Fire Nation, EOFIRE.com slash income13. We'd love to hear from you. Tweet it, send a comment, shoot a comment. We will respond in kind. Josh, Kate, give a big peace out, and Fire Nation will catch you on the flip side.
2: Bye, Fire Nation.
1: See you in November.
0: Fire Nation. Learn how to create a podcast in three minutes, as well as two super hacks every podcaster needs to know on the free podcast workshop Kate and I host every week. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today.